all you hot messes. We are back. Happy Monday. And uh, I'm Jess and... I'm Vinny, a.k.a. Mr. Thomas English, a.k.a. Hey. the guy that wheezes when he laughs. Oh, wheezy. <laughs> I'm like, I had a video where people were like, why does he keep wheezing after every laugh? And I'm like, I had a chest infection and I still turn up for work that day, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the hot take for this week uh we're gonna do some hot takes on uh teacher mentors do you want to start this one i don't mind okay go for it first things first what is your experience like how many teacher mentors have you had and in that experience how many of them are positive and how many of them are negative one and zero uh, I had one teacher mentor. It was for my first year of teaching, and it was a, not a great experience. <laughs> it was, it was not yeah. great. Yeah, I had it where because in England, how it works is you have two teacher training placements for your like teacher training year, and I had one mentor that was like the like it was just not a good fit. It was mm. like they were trying to foul me left, right, and center. There was no support. Mm. And then my second mentor was like literally like an angel on this earth, like really built me up. Um, but yeah, I think that in and of itself, I think mentors, especially your first ever mentor, I think there is so much that goes into that relationship that impacts you for your teaching career. Yes. That I'm like, I think that the way that it's set up, especially in America, it needs to improve. I feel like so many people have it where like, especially like in schools here where you have a mentor and they're just like, oh, we need a mentor. Like anyone can sign up. Okay, like you're on it. And it's very much that where it's just an extra thing to add to a teacher's plate. Yeah. No, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think like a mentor should be given more time out off schedule where like maybe they just have one less period than mm -hmm. everyone else so that period is dedicated to you yeah and they can either come in and observe you or they can help you or say for instance you're struggling they can like try and look into like help you with strategies and right. things like that right because for me i think to have a mentor and the mentor just comes and observes you once a quarter and gives you like feedback and they'll say like oh that went all right or that sucked like yeah it's not building anything right and i my my experience with the teacher mentor was like i never got observed by my men mentor i i yeah <laughs> never did um well because she like had a full-time classroom mm -hmm. of her own and she was trying to run it and um she wow. was a little jaded mm -hmm. and just didn't really love love her job she had a very different outlook on education than yeah. i did i think that's tough like going into that role as a new teacher you're like so so excited you finally have your classroom and you've been waiting for years for this moment and then you get into that role and have someone be like this is awful children are awful like get out while you can and you've not even got through the door yet <laughs> right right or just set unrealistic work expectations mm -hmm. 
or not even change their practices. They she was doing the same lessons that she's been doing for the last like twenty years. I know, like, and, adapting or adjusting right. based on the needs of the students. Exactly. <laughs> right. I'm I'm like, we shouldn't be doing it like this, but okay. I'll I, I'll do it because you're telling me and you're my teacher mentor and okay. I also just think as well, and this is what I really don't understand, like, I get from the concept of you're like, okay, we don't want any, like, conflicts of interest or we don't want, like, any awkwardness. But I honestly think if you have a mentor, they should be teaching the same subject or grade as you. Absolutely. Because I had it, for example, I had, I was teaching freshman English, which was, like, a core subject that you have to do, and my mentor was teaching a pathway where you had to both select to be there and you had to test into it. And if for any reason your grades fall below, they would kick you off the course because it was a pathway that would go towards a certification. So it's like, you know, when I'm getting feedback and they're like, right, you need to rule this classroom with an iron fist. Anytime someone speaks over you, you need to add five extra, like, you need to deduct five points from the assignment and things like that. And I'd be like, I can't even get them to do the assignment in the first place. Why am I deducting five points off of thin air? Like, right. and then, but like <laughs> me saying that, that's just more evidence that I'm useless as a teacher because yeah. clearly I don't have behavioral management. Right. But it's like, I very much felt like the whole time it was a losing battle on my side because like, while they're looking at it and they're saying like, this student's off task, this student's this, I'm sat there like, I have seven IEP students and five 504 students in that class where they have all of these paperwork things where I need to adjust, I need to adapt. So if this student is out of their seat, I need right. to allow that because if I try and do this, that's oh going to cause another issue. Mm-hmm. Same thing. If this one said that to me, it may came across from an outside individual that right. like I'm allowing them to walk all over me, but I have an agreement, I have a mutual respect with them where I know that that's okay. Everyone in the class knows it's okay. Right. But when you come into my classroom and you're like, oh, like you're on a pathway where you don't necessarily have students on IEPs and 504s because it's not part of their graduation track, how can you then come into my classroom and give me feedback on what I'm doing wrong where everyone in your class has tested there and chose to be there right. versus I'm forcing kids to just sit in their seat and listen. Right. And also, like, they don't have the same relationships that you have with your students. Mm-hmm. Like, you were saying you have different expectations for different students and it's okay. Like, sometimes, yeah. like, the way that other teachers ran, um, the way that other teachers run their classroom is way different than the way that I would. Yeah. And vice versa. And like, exactly some people it, would come into my classroom and be like, what? Like, you allow them <laughs> what? But it's just like that, it's just like that mutual respect. It's it's my classroom, it's our classroom, and we're going to run it the way that and it's not makes one, everyone comfortable. Like, there's no one size fits all. Right. How one te- teacher teaches exactly. is not the same. Exactly. Like, to be a good teacher, you need to be able to teach in a way that's comfortable for you. And yeah, trying and for to the be kids someone in your else, class. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think we need to kind of start to look at teacher mentors as um, as therapists and how you look for a therapist. If it's not working f- with a certain therapist, you move on to the next one. Yeah. Like something, do you go to work for work with someone that's gonna help you grow mm-hmm. and not <laughs> beat you down? 
And, and like, it sounds really over the top, but it's like, the way I see it is your first mentor, especially like mm-hmm. any mentor, but the first one, your first one, when you go into a classroom, when like you're fresh off the bat mm-hmm. into it, you're no longer student teaching, but say for instance, you're blessed to have a school that has a mentor as your new teacher. Cause a lot of American schools don't, right. which is another issue, but say you have that and then they turn out to be really negative and they don't support you and they make you feel inadequate. Like you're not a good teacher. Like, it's very similar to me the way I see it is like when you're a newborn and you have a parent if you have a parent that doesn't love you when you're a newborn that trauma follows you through life absolutely just like the trauma from that first mentorship yeah will follow you through your teaching career. Right. Because how I had that first mentor that would literally just absolutely crap on me, every observation following that, I just assumed the instant thing is I'm going to be absolutely ripped apart. Yeah. Like, and then that's it. And it's the same thing. Even my wife had a situation where she had a mentor and she'd had like two mentors, student teaching, went really well. She was like, I've got this, passionate about her job, everything. Went to teaching full time, got a mentor. They just did not gel. And literally she was like, I feel inadequate. I don't feel like I can do this. Right. Like panic attacks, stressed out, everything. That's, no, that's not All cool because thing. of the negative mentor relationship. Right. And it's like, that's, to me, is what I find just so upsetting with yeah. it. Like, I feel like there needs to be more emphasis on not only getting good mentors, but also making sure that you're paying them and giving them the time to be a mentor. Right. And, like, enriching enriching them as mentors as well. Because those mentors are usually the first people that a new teacher is going to associate with the school climate or culture. Yeah. And... If you are getting this negative mentor right away, you are just going to associate that the whole school is like that. When I when I first taught at the school that I was in, I taught in um, the sixth grade and I was co-teaching with someone that was amazing. And my mentor teacher had a had a different outlook on uh-huh. on life and i just assumed that the whole school was like that mm-hmm. and then when i moved when they moved me down to third grade in that primary wing i was like oh my gosh you guys are so nice down here <laughs> like, this is amazing <laughs> well, and the issue is as well and this is like a separate like hot take but it's like the people at the school that would make the best mentors do not have the capacity to do so because yeah. they are so dedicated to their job and right. doing everything that they can that they're like, I don't want to do a me- be a mentor and not be good enough, be inadequate and not be the support that this person mm-hmm. needs. So the, some of the people that would make the best mentors take that route. And some of the people that make the worst mentors take the route of, well, it's extra paycheck. It's a little bit more in my paycheck. It's a little bit more money. Yeah. And that's why they do it as opposed to being right. like, I want to actually shape and help this person. Right. It's just another like, oh, this gives me like a little bit of extra like cash under my belt. Right. And there's not actually that dedication to it. Whereas if there was more time and funds for it, it could be a whole different What if it game. was like a dedicated staff position? I think it could be anything. I I think it could be too. I just think they need to do it in a way where it's like, okay, this this needs to be more than, oh yeah, we're going to give you like, probably like, I think it was at my school, like 500 for the yeah, whole year. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Over the whole year. I think oh, it, was no. either fi- it was either 500 a semester or 500 for the whole year to be a mentor. Oh. But I think you had to do like three observations throughout the year for it. But it's like, you know. when you- So much more mentoring. <laughs> Teaching and mentoring teaching is so much more than... To be like, oh, I saw you once in this quarter, okay, uh, another time in this quarter, and then just giving me feet, like... 
Yeah. They need or just more. like passing each other and all being like, hey, how you doing? Good. Cool. Bye. No, exactly. Not, so, yeah. Not. And I think that's part of the issue with the teacher retention. And when people are going from teacher training, where they have that, where they have a mentor, to suddenly they're going into a school and some schools don't even have mentors. You just go in they're like, okay, that's fine. And you're just like, okay. Like, I remember uh, going into my first school and I had a mentor, but I was like, it's like my mentor is like my mentor, but like I only see them like once a quarter. And I'm like, I'm from a different country. Like, how do you even know that I know what I'm doing? Oh, we'll, we'll, and get, it's in, like... we'll, get, we'll get into that one. We'll get into that one. Okay, that was Hot Takes. It is now time for Hot That's or lot, Not. This week for Hot or Not. Okay, so this week for the hot, we have students who share the tea. <gasps> oh, I love this. I'm like, so any, much. any teacher that says they do not enjoy it when a student comes at them and just tells them everything, you know, all the stuff you need to know, it's it's just absolutely chef's oh. kiss. <laughs> this would be the one reason that I would want to work in a high school just because their drama is just... Mm. Sometimes my husband comes home from teaching high school and be like, you're not going to believe what happened today. And I'll be like, tell me everything. <laughs> I do not know these students. I don't know them, but it's also tell when, me. It's when they tell you that. So say, for instance, if you have like a student that's friends with another set of students, like, and I'm high, like I was high school. So I had like several classes in the same grade yeah. where like, a student would be like, oh yeah, did you know so-and-so and so-and-so? They like each other, but you know, they don't really know what they do. And then you're there like, I have them in the same class. Like, <laughs> We're bringing them together. <laughs> My life is kind of boring today, so we're just gonna we're just gonna play a little game. And then you I flash love... forward two weeks, they're cheating on each other. There's an <gasps> argument. Someone's crying in the classroom, and you're like, <laughs> "Who did this? Oh, it was me." <laughs> you're like the producer on a, like a reality show. <laughs> I'm, you're just they're suddenly like, you know what? I've decided this isn't going to plan. I'm gonna separate you. Okay, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> The audience didn't like this. I am the audience and I've had enough. <laughs> I'm bored of this now. Did you have students that like... Oh, my students would tell me everything. <laughs> it's, oh. it's when students come to you and tell you what a teacher did. Or like, when especially when students come to you and tell you when another teacher has raid on you. Or like said like, oh, Mr. Thomas does this. And like, I would be like, okay, this uh -huh. is... Oh, okay. Uh-huh. That, that did happen to me. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's so awkward and uncomfortable. So awkward. So <laughs> like awkward. Crawl. It's very awkward and uncomfortable when the students <laughs> the students come to your class and you're like, thank God we're here. We were just in like so-and-so's class where we did not want to be. And I'm like, oh, I can't. Can I love how this? they always seem to say, like, whenever you're like, oh, we need to do this. And they're like, well, Mrs. Sledgehammer lets us just paint on the walls. And it's like, no, she doesn't. Mrs. Sledgehammer runs her classroom with an iron fist. That's why she's called she's Mrs. Mrs. Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. <laughs> like, if you can feel my heartbeat now, you can feel it like a sledgehammer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Oh, okay. okay. Which brings us to All our right. not. What? Yeah. Okay. What's not this week? This one is self-explanatory. Tech issues. That's it. There, there is <laughs> nothing more to say on that. Anything. Anytime you need to rely on a computer, a video, anything, you can bet that won't play. Mm-hmm. Just 
guarantee that it will not happen for you that day. Wow, that was... I have nothing else to say to that. No, it's about time we were quick with one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Literally, you go to any teacher and you just say tech issues. They just like... They'd they, be like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. you on that one. I, yeah, that's the universal, like, oh, the, it's it's sunny out. The weather's so nice. And it's always that's during the- an observation <laughs> as well. With our foul, the internet always goes out just on the day of your observation. I always get, like, the most awkward ads on the YouTube videos that I played during observations. I'm like, wow, awesome. I don't know what is going on, but we'll just talk through this. <laughs> and people are like, there's a way to get the YouTube ads off. I understand. <laughs> Mrs. Smith, what's, I- <laughs> what's bad to sell? <laughs> <laughs> Ask your mom. Ask your mom. That's my sister's name, honey. <laughs> Now it's time for U.S. versus U.K. We're going to be talking about new teacher induction, what that what that looks like in the U.S. versus what it looks like in the U.K. Okay, why don't you go first okay. this week? <laughs> so in the U.K., how it works is nine times out of ten when people are going into like especially high school. How it works is you do your three-year undergrad degree. So I did three years English literature and media and communications. And then after that, you do a one-year PGCE, which is Postgraduate Certificate in Education. I'm just, I'm just going to say this. The UK has more acronyms oh, yeah, than no. I've ever heard in my life. I love an acronym. I thought, <laughs> I thought the US was bad. Uh-uh. You guys are worse. Okay. So, yeah, they would literally do it. You do your PGCE where you'd have two placements. And it's usually two placement at contrast in schools. So it's like you'd maybe do like a grammar school and then like a regular public school so that you can get the scopes of both ends. So then when you're applying for positions, you know what type of school you want to teach in. Okay. As opposed to here, you only get like, what is it? One placement at school. Yep. 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 So you get the one placement. <laughs> and then in England, once you've finished that postgraduate certificate in education, it used to be that you just do a one year NTI, which is new teacher induction. Okay. Because basically when you finish your PGC, you get QTS, another an acronym, <laughs> which is qualified teacher you. status. Um, so yeah, you get your qualified teacher status, which basically means you're recommended to teach based on passing the course, but you don't actually get your official like license license until you've completed your NTI, which is your new teacher induction. So then you go into like, you get a position in a school, you start the new teacher induction and it used to be a year and it just got changed, I think in 2021 to two years. So now you have two (gasps) years of new teacher induction and throughout that you have a mentor. There's certain like observations you have to hit with your mentor. And then like, obviously you have your regular one with the principal, but like you basically have like a portfolio. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You have like a portfolio that you fill out that basically tracks that you like know how to to grade successfully you know the standards like and how it works in England is when you're being like observed and stuff I, c- I can't remember the exact same like exact number of them but there's like a checklist for every single thing and I think there's like nine or ten of them that you have to go through and they basically like observe you on and it can be like part of it's even like professionalism and it goes like to even outside of the classroom oh. 
my gosh. So it's very intensive that when you're doing it, like you have a mentor the whole time to help you with it. Yeah. But it's there as a way so that by the time you finish that NTI, you are literally beyond capable to be a teacher. And you've gone through no all kidding. of this process to be an effective teacher as well. So in, in the US, we have four years of college which is two two of them is basically just the it's all your gen eds isn't it yeah there? yeah and then we have maybe like two years of of education classes and i mean like i was i did different placements for different classes but they were like maybe like once a week mm-hmm. um and then we did a semester of student teaching and then you get your degree and it's like fly baby bird get out of here and you're expected <laughs> to go into a school and like know how to do all of the things. Well, and I remember as well, cause I was in a district that had an NTI, but the NTI literally just meant you had like a cognitive coach cause we did cognitive coaching. And in your first like, um, yeah, they're supposed to come in like three times to watch you. Then second year, same thing three times. Yeah. And then you also get, I think it's two observations with the principal instead of one because of the fact that you're a new teacher. Yeah. So it's like, there's a little bit more there, but it's like, you don't regularly meet with your mentor. All it is is more observations, but not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to have someone that's literally going to lead me right. through and like help me with this. Right. Yeah, no. And like, we that's... would also, like one thing that I actually really liked about England with it was like, if you're at a school and say there's like four NTIs, they would regularly meet with the assistant principal and have like their own meetings and stuff so that you could actually like engage with other people that are new to the profession <gasps> and that you could like bring collaborative ideas from different like departments what? and like share what's happening so that you're like connecting with the school, connecting with like different departments and then also like developing your skills versus like I always felt like when I first started teaching, I was like, I feel like I'm on an island by myself yeah like, like obviously you meet people and you speak to people but i was like i can't believe i don't have someone checking in on me and checking up on me regularly like, right how am i supposed to go from like having a mentor that sits at the back of my class to just doing this and not knowing if i'm doing it right or not right well and my thing was as like a new teacher i had no idea that i could call meetings if i had a concern about a student like i was capable and qualified yeah. to like send an email to the team and be like, hey, can we meet about so-and-so? Yeah. Like I was so scared to do any of that stuff. Be like, everyone's doing great. <laughs> Not me, but I'm like, everyone's doing great. Because well, the- you just like, you don't want to rock the boat. When you have so many new teachers that go into it and they've had that like short experience in a school yeah. with a mentor and they've then gone into a classroom and they literally are just instantly overwhelmed, but they don't have someone they can just go to to be like, oh no, I understand it. Like you're doing a good job, you're doing this because you go to other people. And like when you're a new teacher, like people judge you because they're like, oh, new teacher. Like if the, yeah. you have to like ask someone for help or like you have to do a referral or anything, they're like, oh, new teacher. Uh. Oh, all these new teachers don't know how to behave your manager effectively. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, thank you. But yeah. that's, that's not helping. Right. Like, so you just feel like a nuisance because you have to insert yourself onto other people to try and help you. Exactly. It, and I, if that was, that's my worst nightmare is to be a burden on someone. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, so like, I'm like, I'll just sit in my classroom and pretend everything's fine and I'm not dying inside. But like, okay, with the UK, was were you still teaching? You're still f- teaching full time. 
Yes, right. how they do it, and that just reminded me. So when you're on a postgraduate certificate for education, you're on a reduced timetable. Okay. So you still teach lessons, but I think I only taught on 60%. So I was only teaching 60% of the lessons. Then another oh. 20% was there for like observation so I could observe other teachers uh-huh. to then learn about their practices, oh my how gosh. they run their classroom. And then the other 20% was <laughs> planning and prep so that what? I could actually plan the lessons. What? Like... And that's how it is. And as you go through your teacher training in England, it slowly like increases. So if you're like, no, I want to take on even more, you can take on more. And that's what happens with like the mentors as well is because they take on that mentor role, they get a reduced timetable where they're like, right, we're going to take this one period away from you. So then you have these blocks in your schedule specifically for your mentee when they're also off so that you can meet every single week at this exact time oh, and have no issues. Oh, my gosh. And that's what happens even in imagine. your NTI I as well. Even imagine. Your mentor has it blocked into their timetable, their schedule. It's not just an open free space. It's there. This is your meeting time with mentee mentor. So there's no this like... This segment is making me really depressed yeah. about this. <laughs> so that's why like, when I came to America and I was teaching, I was like, this does not feel right. I'm like, <laughs> you wonder why like the education system yeah. is the way it is like to put it nicely you're sending people in blind that don't know how to effectively do this and there's no way they can because they're not given the resources and if you're spending like two years being built up as a new teacher you are less likely to leave that profession i feel like because you're not getting burnt out by all of the things that you have to do and obviously and, it goes back to the mentor thing though yeah if you have a bad mentor yeah, it's true. harder but if you have a good mentor, it's literally a dream because you're like, oh my gosh, I have someone like helping me, supporting me. And because like, I, I can't remember if we said it on this episode or a previous one, where they collaborate and have like shared curriculum. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have that added pressure of being a new teacher in America being like, I don't even know how to plan a lesson. Yeah. Because instead, no one shared their Google Drive with me. Yeah, <laughs> like, if, if, it's if, just me. If you struggle, they'll just be like, "Well, why don't you go on here? Look, here's a whole scheme of work. This is what I do. Like, if you want to like defer it, if you want to like change it, alter it based on your class, you can, but you don't need to. Right. So right. don't. This give is the yourself project I've work. been doing since 1986. <laughs> you can have it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Sit here where I say, "Here's a worksheet that I just yeah. found on the floor. Good luck." <laughs> Not going to tell you how to actually teach that, but there you go. Just print 50 yeah. copies of that and you'll be good. <laughs> I think UK wins on this one, but I will say I feel like it's it's hit and miss. I think it's so good in terms of how they build you up, but I think it's also very overwhelming as someone going into the profession. Yeah. Having to do both PGC and two, that's three years of actively teaching and getting observed continuously and having to meet and reflect on your practice to prove that you can be a teacher before you're actually given, like, the full, full free reign. Like, yeah. in your NTI, you get mainly free reign, but you still have someone overwatching you and still checking that you're qualified yeah. enough to be a teacher. And this but. question might be a little bit off topic, but, like, teachers in the UK, are they paid, like... Me, so like the UK does like it does where the training and the intensity of that program make sense with how so teachers how are compensated when you're on your PGCA it's a course but you usually get like loans and grants so certain subjects like when I was teaching English I got a grant that I never had to pay back because they wanted people to do English similar to like I got another well I don't know if it was English or not yeah 
yeah, it was English because I got a 2-1 or an upper second on my bachelor's, which is like basically a B. Okay. So it's like if you got a B or an A on your like undergrad and then you went into a certain subject, you would then get a grant. So they'd be like, we're going to pay you nine grand just to do this on top of like whatever loans and grants you get. <laughs> Because they want you, because they're like, you've got great knowledge in your field of English and we want you to be a teacher because you've clearly demonstrated a higher understanding of the curriculum that you would be teaching. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I'm just depressed now. Okay. (laughs) And then how it works. Yeah, US. You then have in your NTI year, you get paid reduced. Like it's not, it's... It goes up a few, like, 100 to a grand or two every yeah. year. But it's like your NTI, one and two year, you get paid less than you do when you're out of your NTI. It's also based on, like, boundaries. Like, if you're in London versus, like, out in the countryside, oh, okay. it varies. But it's usually, like, British schools are very much like, uh, it's a one-size-fits-all. This is the salary for this based on where you're located in the UK. It's time for Grind Our Gears, where we take 30 seconds to rant about something that really makes us angry. I will go first, as usual, because you are the <laughs> you, are the, you are the main entree <laughs> for this one. You little pissed off British <laughs> man. <laughs> it's legit. <laughs> oh, the little British man is pissed off again. What a, what a beautiful little, little pissed off British man. <laughs> Your topic is people trying to get into your classroom when it is both locked and all the lights are off. And I'm in there. And you're in there. This is one of my biggest pet peeves because there is a reason that the door is locked. There's a reason that the lights are off. I'm not going to get up from my desk to come let you in. When I see your face peering through through to see if I'm at my desk. No, I'm hiding underneath it because I'm hiding from you. Take the hint. Get out of my life. I'm not looking for you to be in there right now at all. It's not your place. The lights are off and it's locked. I could be doing something really weird in there. What are you doing that's weird in there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh... (laughs) Doing my yoga in the middle of the day. (laughs) I'm meditating. Or... Walked in on me doing downward dog. I mean, I... <laughs> Vinny, yours, your topic today is people who share their whole entire relationship online, but don't share why they broke up. I'm not being funny in saying this, Tiffany, but if you have literally told me the ins and outs of your entire relationship, including your trip to Spain that no one cares about, sharing his family, your family, the whole lot, I don't care about your anniversary. I don't care about the five years, the 10 years, anything. All I care about is who cheated on who because I know it was you. I just know in the back of your mind, you're like, oh my gosh, this was all a facade and I just know it's you and you deserved it. I hope he cheated on you because I don't care about your life anymore. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. I'm just like, you know... It's it's a choice to share the ins and outs of your relationship. And I just want to say that I have, in fact, added his mum. And I'm looking through her photos because she is <laughs> not on a private account. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that dress she wore in 2006 was ugly. <laughs> and that's probably why she didn't like you in the first place. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Okay. All right. Um... I, I would absolutely agree with that rant. That's that's a good one. If you have pushed this relationship on my face, 
tried to prove to me for so long that you like who cheated are, on who who doesn't right. want to have kids why is he not proposing to you i mean you've been together this, for 20 years what's right. going was this on a conscious uncoupling or like oh, was it a surprise did I someone just, leave in the middle I just of the night lied to at this point i, I want to know everything i've been invested in this from- I, like if i have had to sit and suffer through your highs i need to be able to eat popcorn throughout your lows you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> and there it is <laughs> Now we are going to take a moment just to highlight the underdogs in education right now. People who are not getting the credit that they deserve. And I feel like for this episode, we do need to highlight new teachers and just applaud them and lift them up. Because, listen, (laughs) there's, I feel like being a new teacher is kind of a rare breed these days. If you're staying in your classroom just if you are passionate enough about this about this field like stick with it don't let don't let people get you down or you can do your own thing and it's okay don't be don't feel shamed that you're doing something a little bit different than the teacher who's been doing the same project since 1984 yeah and with this one i would say as well this goes out to all of the people that are currently studying education at college Mm -hmm. that are going online and seeing so many like burnout teachers and are thinking like, what have I signed up for? (laughs) I'm thousands of dollars in debt. I'm in my fourth year. I'm literally about to go into a classroom. And now I don't know if I want to do this. I think it's more and more important to just remember that sometimes it is the school. Sometimes it's the district. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just the department you work in or the people that are at your school that you don't gel with. But just because one school does not fit you doesn't mean that you don't fit the job. And I think that's one of the most important things. Sometimes... Like, you know, sometimes a school is like trying on a sweater and you need to find the right fit. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, I've gone to this one, they didn't like me. Because you could go to another school and it could be amazing. You could be like, I can see myself doing this for 20 years. Right. It's like your environment can completely shift your perspective. Absolutely. So, any new teachers, my heart goes out to you. It is a struggle, but you will get there in the end. And if you don't, you will find something that makes you happy. That was so nice. I know. I feel disgusted <sighs> in myself. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. The British in me is like emotion that's positive. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> You'll be doing a speech of a wine glass next. <laughs> <laughs> I think you will be. Aw, this has been like uplifting corner with Aww. with you. This is so nice. All right, this has been uh, another Hot Mess Teacher Express episode. Uh, please make sure that you're following us on all of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and wherever else, the cloud, okay? Uh, uh, we're under the Hot Mess Teacher Express. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you for choo-choo choosing us. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs>